1: Hi, regular listeners, you may have spotted
2: that we've changed our name. It's now Honey & Co. The Food Sessions.
3: So if you hear this sound, it's just us making dinner.
2: Well, that and the fact that we're not allowed to use our old title anymore.
3: It's just been a bit of a thing, but don't worry about it.
2: We hope you enjoy the show. Just don't
4: touch my face,
5: Who run this mother? Who run this mother? Who
2: run this mother? Hi everyone and welcome to Honey & Co. I'm Sarit Packer. This series is called Who Run The World? And we're celebrating women in food. So this episode is going to be a bit different and we're going to be talking to our team of women that run Honey and & Coal. And it was never really our intention to house all our managing positions with women it kind of happened naturally so of course there's Itamel and he is very much involved in everything but other than him we have a company that's run by a few lovely women and we're going to try and chat to as many of them as we can give you some inside stories about what it's like working for honey and co and hope to inspire a whole lot of women to join us and the industry in general I thought I'd tell you a bit about myself, I suppose, before we start talking to all of them. I've known from like the age of 15 that this is what I want to do. I started cooking at home and I grew up in Israel and there you have to go and do your army service. So I went to do that, but I knew that as soon as I would come out, I would uh, try and study how to be a chef. And I grew up in an English-speaking household and I have a British passport. And I thought, okay, I'll just try England and we'll see what's happening there. And I came here to college and it was amazing, an absolutely amazing eye-opening experience. It is sadly a school that doesn't exist anymore, but it was part of the Conran Group, which was a big restaurant group that was really big in the late 90s, early 2000s. And as part of the thing, I got an interview in one of their restaurants and I ended up at the Orrery and I was only one of two women suddenly and... Pretty inexperienced. And I just loved it. I loved the hard work. I loved the discipline. I loved getting the day ready. I learned so much. And that's it. I've been rolling around kitchens ever since. And love the energy a kitchen has. And the energy customers give to to a room and serving people. And that's what we try and do here at Honey & Co. And I'd like you to meet some of the women that helped me do that. So we're going to go downstairs. So we're in Honey & Spice. And we're going to leave the lovely smell of food and the customers and we're going to walk downstairs to our offices we actually took honey and spice on warren street opposite our original restaurant honey and co really because we just needed an office and this shop became available and it had two floors and we were like excellent we'll bury our, <laughs> our administrative staff downstairs and open a shop upstairs so this is the door hi guys hi okay. We're going to have a little chat with Louisa.
6: Hiya. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good.
2: Louisa, what do you do here?
6: I manage our office. I do the PR and all kinds of things like maintenance, HR.
2: The kind of latest thing we've added to your portfolio of things that you do in the company is helping us with everything uh, podcast related.
6: Correct.
2: Yeah. So this is part of this. So tell us what you your first impressions of five years ago, if you remember any of them.
6: I started with Honey and Co in 2014. We didn't have this lovely office. We just had Honey and Co and my. Let's say
2: just Honey and Co is a whole world.
6: It was a whole world, <laughs> and it is a whole world. A simpler time. <laughs> was in a, a way. simpler time. Yeah. I started in the office, which was not an office at the time. It was a desk downstairs in Honey and Co. next to the freezer.
2: And under the oven.
6: <laughs> under the oven. There was a laundry basket at my feet. I had two phones and they would ring constantly because we didn't have a proper online booking system. So no. people used to call all the time to make bookings. And you used to have the carpet, Do you remember I the had famous the carpet, carpet? Yeah, which was our booking, it was a piece of paper basically that you wrote in pencil, and then every time a table got bigger or smaller, you needed to move them to another table. So you had to rub it all out, start again, yeah. move them to the right place, copy down all of their details. Mm-hmm. But anytime anyone wanted to get anything out of the freezer or put anything in the oven, I had to move out the way. We didn't have such good extraction at that time either, did no. we? So you'd be sitting there, and by the end of the day, you're basically like a piece of lamb. Yeah, I was basically marinated. Yes, you were. Nice and smoky. Yeah, when I used to leave work and I was standing on the tube, people it's used to walk away from me or like try and get away from me. Now I they wasn't.
2: just walk away because of my <laughs> personality.
6: But before it was... Yeah, before it was unclear. Now it's very clear that it's my personality, not the lamb smell. What was it like, like your first impressions of a kitchen? Because you had never been in a professional kitchen. i never worked in a professional kitchen. Um, I had no idea what to expect. There was a lot of backs. You mean people uh, saying the yeah, word saying backs? Yeah, saying backs or behind have to move constantly, which I had never come across before. Lots of running up and down the stairs with food. It was completely alien to me, but I loved it. I remember like the day would go so fast when I first started and still now that's the thing that I love about it so much is that you never even think that the day's going by whereas before I used to just sit there watching my clock clock watching yeah it's got a vibrancy to to it like it's got like an energy that constantly constantly, and you're constantly busy which is what I love also the food (laughs) (laughs) I love my job nice thanks Louisa thank you Serene it was nice to talk to you Uh, thanks
2: (laughs) all right so we're going to try and uh find Bridget, who runs Honey and Spice. Let's see if she's here somewhere. Yeah.
4: Hi. How you
2: doing? Good. Who are you? I am Bridget <laughs> Fojay. <Foge. laughs> yeah. When did you join our company? Yeah.
4: So Lizzie is my youngest, and I gauge the age of Honey and Co. Because Elizabeth was crawling around on far. the floor before it was open. Yep. She was helping us clean it with her diapers. <laughs>
2: Joined us maybe five years ago? Uh, yeah. And you're a chef. I'm a chef. But nowadays
4: you run out deli. Yes. So let's see how all of that happened. So uh, I came to England 17 years ago with my then boyfriend, Yeah. now husband. And I classically trained in uh, food, both uh, main kitchen and pastry. But there seems to be a very strong
2: push in the UK that if you're a woman, the position you're offered is pastry. Pastry.
4: So I started at the Dorchester and managed to get a work permit based on my... uh, Years of culinary expertise. Mm-hmm. From You're there, from Seattle. From America, Seattle. Yeah. I'm from yeah. Seattle, originally. From there, I went to the Oxo Tower, where I met Sari. Yeah? Okay, so we worked together at the Oxo Tower. And we had such fun. We did that for a couple of years.
2: Yeah, we were there for a few years, yeah. and then...
4: You got married. I got married. And you had a baby. How do you think that changed things? It's hard. It's hard as a woman and kids and this industry. It's that whole kind of glass ceiling thing. You either choose to have a family and then step back and you can't proceed further with your career, or you push forward and have the career. Such a hard choice.
2: It's also a hard financial choice. Most chefs' salaries do not pay for childcare. No. So
4: you're either working for nothing or you're staying home. My career went on hold for two years and I did a couple stints at Otolenghi with you briefly. And then I went to a small hotel and progressed quickly through the ranks and became a head pastry chef. But then when I got pregnant with my second daughter, it's too much. You know, pregnant, running to daycare. Like my husband would take my first daughter. And your husband is a chef as well. And my husband's a chef. So (laughs) definitely not the, the most family-friendly industry. Yeah. Then I would run to pick up Freya, run home. So this was part of the decision or part of
2: the idea when we said you should join us yeah. was because we kind of, in a way, created a job that didn't exist so that it would work around your girls. Yeah. It, it didn't mean Bridget didn't sleep for pretty much good on two years because... <laughs>
4: <laughs> I mean, you can say I, would, I would work nights and yeah. then I would have the days with my daughters. So... <clears throat> I would do about three nights a week, start at about 10 p.m., finish about 7 a.m. So the kitchen was just closing, everyone was winding down. I would come in, I would do all the doughs, like the doughs would be made for me ahead of time. And then I would shape everything, the boicos, all the The babkas, the milk buns, the the Fitzrovia's, which is excellent because, you know, for here in the shop, it gives me such great basis to tell everyone about everything yeah. which is nice
2: so at the time we had opened the deli was open for maybe a year when you joined
4: yeah and from day one loved it yeah i love telling people who come in and they go oh i've tried to make this at home and you go okay tell me and walking them through all the steps in how we get it from the base ingredients to the finished product it's fantastic
6: so i have a question yeah When were you sleeping when you were working nights and with the girls? And I'm telling you,
4: she didn't sleep for two years. I'm honest. I I slept uh, odd hours. I would make it up a couple nights a week and then I would sleep like really like the power napping that everyone tells you about. I would do this, but then I would wake up and say some really bizarre things to the kids. I'd be like, why is there apricots on the door? And they'd just look at me and be like, what? She was honestly she was sleepwalking for a little bit for, yeah, yeah. for a while there. It's a hard industry. You either are tough as nails or you know you're the sweetheart and it's hard to straddle those positions and to try not to sacrifice who you are as a person just to get where you want to be in an industry that is somewhat unforgiving to women. But I mean, it's it, it, unforgiving it, it, period. But it is also the biggest adrenaline rush ever. <laughs> a service on a busy night and like knocking that out and having everything be beautiful. That is like the best feeling. It is. I miss this. This is like, if I if I would say out of being out of the kitchen, that is the one thing that I miss the
0: most. It is amazing.
1: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
2: So we'll go back in the street and we'll cross the street and here's Georgia walking around with a tray of hot stew in the way the Honey and Spice. Anywhere on Warren Street, you can see someone of our company walking around with trays of hot food, which is ridiculous. And we're going in search of Rachel. And Rachel is our front of house manager. She's taking an order. Are you busy?
7: Yes. Super busy? Quite busy. Yeah.
2: What's your name? Rachel. So you manage the front of house of our company.
7: And when did you join us? Seven and a half years ago when Honey and Co. first opened the day before. The day before it opened. Yeah. Do you remember anything about it? I remember peeling stickers off plates. I remember being on a ladder outside, cleaning the window. Yeah. I remember eating eggs and bread. Eggs and bread, yes. Eggs and
2: Which was the first time you had eggs. Yeah. But explain to people that would have no idea. First of all, what you do, because there's three locations.
7: Yeah, so I run the front of house for all three places. Um, I'd train all the staff here, train the managers. I'd be on shift a lot, so a lot of on-shift training. And then when I spread my wings into smoke and spice, I'd be in between three places and making sure everyone knows what they're doing, making sure the managers are trained to train the staff that they have underneath them, um, making sure that there's processes in place for that to happen. And then... What's the part you enjoy the most about the job? Chatting with the customers and the staff. Just how social it is. I'm a very sociable person. I like to talk a lot, as you know.
2: Because you have a huge talent of managing to remember people. You remember something they wore and what they came in and what they ate and their cats. And if their boyfriend broke up with them or if they're
7: coming from the hospital. People think I'm really creepy. But I mean, you do remember. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's a big part of your job, remembering people, no? You know, if I'm speaking with someone, I'm quite nosy. So I like to find out about people. (laughs) And it sticks in my head. I'm like,
2: I've got memory. I know it's a very hard question to ask, but if you could say something that would inspire other women to come into the service industry and see it as a proper career.
7: I wake up every day and I never, ever think I don't want to go to work. I I love my job, I really do. And I feel like so privileged that I am able to say that. I get a lot of people saying to me, oh, so like what else do you do? Are you an actress? And people still see this industry, like front of house as something that you wouldn't choose to do as a career.
2: Which is a shame. Yeah. Because it's an amazing career that pays well and has a lot of satisfaction. Rachel, you you use your time and your kind of place in a a
7: company in an amazing way because you do a charity that you completely initiated. Tell us a bit about it. One Sunday a month, the third Sunday of every month usually, I um, open Honey and Coco's, we're closed and invite the local elderly people in Fitzrovia for free tea and cakes. I've done it for about four and a half years now. So I have my regulars and it's really, really lovely. Because in Huninka, we don't get that many elderly people because it's quite small and loud and, you know, the tables are quite close together. So it's not the most comfortable for elderly people. But there are so many elderly people in this area and we are such a big part of this community. And elderly people are such a big part of the community here as well. And we weren't coming together. So it's a really nice way to bring us together. It's a little bit sad sometimes because I've lost a few along the way. Yeah. I'm always amazed that you have the energy on a Sunday to give up from your
2: time. And it's it's lovely. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you.
4: Thanks.
2: Cool. We're going in the back door of Honey and Smoke, which we just almost walked past, but... We open up and you hear the extraction. This is how honey and smoke rolls. Hello. Hi, Antonio. Hi, George. How are you doing? See, today is my kitchen of men, but we'll go in search of our woman, Paz, somewhere. Hello, guys. Hi, Sultan. No, we're not coming for you. We're coming for Pazzy. Here she is. She's hiding, hiding on a computer. Can you introduce yourself?
5: Yes, my name is Maria Paz. Um, I'm from Argentina. I came here 10 years ago, more or less. Uh, I'm a chef. And you're our head chef here at Honey and Smoke. I'm the head chef of Honey and Smoke, yeah. It's my first time working with Middle Eastern food. Difficult at the beginning, (laughs) but exciting. How did you come to work with us? Uh, Well, I follow Honey and Co for a while, and I thought they were working with women a lot, and I really wanted to work in a kitchen with woman so I email you mm-hmm. I remember yeah you remember <laughs> and I say like hey I'm looking for a job do you have any opportunities and sorry to invite me for a
2: chat and we chat and I got the job do you think there's any challenges that you have being a woman in a kitchen that are different than being a man in a kitchen I feel
5: like sometimes it's difficult people uh, guys to respect you. As a woman having a high position, higher position than them, so that is a bit challenging in how to talk to them and make them do what we want them to do. <laughs> but to be honest, we have a very lovely team here. We're very lucky with all the guys that we have, and they all very, very nice.
2: Even the men we have are nice people to work yeah. with.
5: Yeah, 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 yeah. We always have nice people. The ones that they have massive egos, and they're not so nice, are the ones that they don't last don't survive, so long. Yes. Yeah. Um, they don't survive under me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Okay. This is the nicest tea.
3: Amazing.
2: Do you want to introduce yourself?
3: Hey, my name is Inbal Efet. I'm a general manager in the restaurants. I help to overlook uh, finance maintenance, um, a bit of HR, a bit of everything. I do not know how to cook. You don't want to have my food.
0: <laughs> but I will. Eat.
3: I can eat and I can criticize. <laughs> I am Israeli. Um, I know Sarit and Itamar from 20 years ago when we met. I worked in the IT. I worked in travel. And after I gave birth to my third child, I thought, let's find something else. And I talked to Sarit and she said, I asked her, would you like me to work with you? And she said, duh.
2: Sarid didn't say duh. Did. I did. I said, did. ah, we were waiting for you to say something, is what I actually said. Yes. Okay, my name is Yulia Chodupska. Uh,
8: I know and Itamar around 14 years. They were my bosses in my previous job, and when they opened the restaurant, it was my dream to again work with them. So I wasn't waiting so long like Imbol. I just came one day. <laughs> I was so shy to ask about this. I was hungover on this day and it made me very courageous,
2: no? Yes. I, pr- I prefer to tell people you were drunk, not hungover. May be even,
8: no. I might be even drunk, but I was so like coming like every day since mom and day open for like first yeah, two, three months it. nonstop. Yeah. And I knew it from day one I want to work there and I was too shy to ask.
2: How long have you been in the world of food?
8: I'm co- actually born into family who was working in like pastry but like Polish pastry, which is very like old school. Pastry business from like generation. I remember our bakery in like kind of middle of small village in mountains. From like 1947, they
2: opened. So, you
8: know, I grew up in pastry shop. My grandfather was pastry chef. My father was pastry
2: chef. But did you always know you were going to end up no, in the world of food? Or you thought no, you were going to do No, I was using this
8: as a easy way of income. Yeah. So I was continuing my education. I was in high school, then I went to uni. In the meantime, I don't even more like... Um, particular like courses like cake decoration which was 20 something years ago paid amazing money and my main source of income was chefing mm-hmm. but then uh, I, I figured out I want an easier life and I want to work in like, office in consulting company and after two years I decided now I have to come back to cooking not from reason like that I'm such a food lover from different reasons it gave me way of living which I could wrap my head around tasks, very easy goals. You don't need to plod around like in all these offices and all these companies. No, it's just food and me. I don't have like 20 people around like in offices with too
2: many, much time, too much headspace. I remember a lot of conversations of ours about the fact that actually you had a lot more scope to work in a higher position, but you chose to take this job because it allowed you a different kind of life. Yes.
8: When I moved to England, I wanted to learn more from cooking and and pastry. But then I quickly realized this lifestyle doesn't match actually very family life. Mm-hmm. And I was with my beloved boyfriend at the time who had big dreams to like save a lot of money, open company, have children, have flats together. So I quickly discovered, it took me like two years, I would have to choose. Mm-hmm. My dream, personal dreams or work. So I sacrifice everything.
4: But, I I
2: mean, mean, something's changed because nowadays you run our company and you've taken uh, on every responsibility. Because
8: um, I started to be very unhappy in my relationship. I actually realized this dream will never happen. Let's switch on dream number two.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And the moment I approached Sarit, it it was Sarit. I remember this very clearly because I remember all the times before in our previous job where I asked you to, like, take on more responsibility and me thinking... In my mind, wow, she's sacrificing so much. She can do so much more.
8: But maybe I was like that when I was a teenager. Then I put in my head all these like dreams from Vogue or Elle to be like this like beautiful Polish housewife. (laughs) Boring. Actually, I think I turned into my mom because I wanted to be all my life something else than my mom she's very workaholic. Career, yeah. But you
2: cannot run we, out from this who you are. No, we all turn into our yeah, parents in totally. some kind of way. There's no way to avoid it, I think. So in the company, actually, you and Bridget are the only people we have that have kids. Do you think that's indicative of our industry? Do you think it's an issue for women with kids to join? I think it's, it's a job for young
3: people because of the, the vibe, the intensity. I always joke with Sarit that I feel like I'm getting older. And the rest of the staff stay the same age because they, they're always in, in their 20s up to their early 30s. And I, I'm am and I aging.
2: because Zimbala and I are the same age. So we yeah. age together.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so it really depends on the partner. If you can share it, probably you could do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But it can, it can be... I know that you, you stand lots of hours on your...
2: On your leg. Uh, okay, last question. Julia, what's the best part about the job? First, you're
8: always meeting new and young people. It's not possible for you to basically stay shattered on anything what's happening in the world. To so be very flexible, which people in my age, over 40, are usually not. They're already ready-made products, not challenged by anything and anyone. I love it the most. I find myself as a, such a current person. I can jump into any circle, and environment. I have to find, uh, I know how to speak to everyone, mm-hmm. to people to actually see me and hear me.
2: Thanks, ladies. We're gonna have some dinner. Itamar! Oh my my god.
3: God. You never go hungry.
2: That interview was part of our series, Who Run the World? Celebrating Women in Food. Thank you to all the incredible women of Honey & Co. Drop us an email with your thoughts, feedbacks, questions. You can email us at podcasts at honeyandco.co.uk or you can find us on social media at Honey & Co. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. Click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to get the rest of the series. See you next time.